0: or email us at hello at coastline nsb.com uh, all the people that are here live in person new summer beach thank you so much for showing up this morning it is the coldest day of the year by far like i woke up this morning and alexa uh by the way everyone's online thanks for watching your alexas all just went off alexa subscribe to coastline church podcast um anyways uh, uh all the people online, you don't know us. It's 39 degrees in New Smyrna Beach today, and that's cold. That's like, that's almost like you don't wear flip-flops to church. Almost. We went ahead and wore flip-flops, but it's, it's cold. It's pretty dang cold. Everyone's wearing sweaters. Uh, um, some people, like, Joe, you're living your best life right now. It's cold outside. You look primo, my friend. Um, but anyways, it's cold day. Um, I'm, I'm reminded that, um, whether, oh, by the way, real quick, if you're watching online, tell us where you're watching from. And I always think it's funny when I look back in the comments, people are like saying my couch. Um, I'm, where is your couch located? Don't say your living room. Give us a city, give us a state. Where are you watching from? Uh, and also just, I think it'd be fun. Go ahead and like Tell us what the temperature is there. It's, if, it's, if it's 39 degrees here in Florida, Sean, I know you're up in Canada. It's like, what, negative 39? I don't know. Or there's like whole, you guys should do a different system, right? Celsius, I don't even know what, uh, yeah, I don't even know what that means. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Also, TJ tells me like 90% of the people that watch online, you don't like or subscribe the video, to the videos. Like and subscribe to the videos. Um, that just helps us stay connected with you. Um yeah, cold weather this morning, it reminds me that, like, it's a new season, right? I mean, things are changing, uh, our life is changing, um, like, it, it's not, I, I don't know if it's getting any better yet, but it's changing, right? Things are, are constantly changing, and I, I enjoy change, I like change. Change, I think, I think can be a really, really good thing, I'm excited for it, even in my own life. Today, this morning, as Eric and I are uh, spending some time snuggling with our kids, trying to stay warm. Um, like they're growing huge. Like uh, I pick up Olivia, and I'm like trying to put her. She live, She's she sleeps in a bunk, and I'm to that point where I'm like I, I don't I can't get you in the top bunk. You know, if she falls asleep, if she falls asleep on me, like our kids are just continuing to change, continuing to grow. I'm excited for what the future holds. And so as we were starting this new year, as as I was preparing and planning to figure out like okay what should what should we talk about in this new season, felt like the Holy Spirit put the word restore. On my heart, and so today we're in part two of a series we started just a couple or just last week called Restore. And the reason why the reason why I I, we call I I think God told me to start the series on Restore is because I feel like in the past I've talked about like new seasons, new times, new changes happening, and I felt like God was saying, "Like you know what, new is good, but anytime you you restore something." Many times it, it, it becomes better than new, right? You think of like you think of old cars when they get restored. Like uh, you know, I, I had a buddy that had a a, a nineteen sixty nine Chevy Camaro Z twenty eight. That was a great car. In sixty nine, that was a great car. But he had it restored. He put a motor in it that had like nine hundred horsepower. It was better than new. I'm gonna tell you right. I'm gonna tell you right now. I think he even had like ABS breaks, which was, they didn't have that new. So that's a good thing they had it, right? Um, but but restored, things restored are better than new. And so I feel like this is a prophetic word for for the season that we're in. I think that God wants to have some restoration in his church. My prayer for you this season is that that you would experience a life restored, not just a life new. I think it's going to be better than new. And so last week I talked about when it comes to restoration projects, one of the things that one of the first things you got to do is you've got to inspect the foundation, right? You got to inspect the frame. The project has got to have good bones. It's got to be be th- some things in the frame might not, might need to be shored up or might need to be adjusted. Uh, and I related that to our relationship with God and how God has called us to love Him with all. And love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And one of the biggest things that I can I can tell you to do when it comes to your foundation of this new year, as you live a life being restored, I want to challenge you to take a look at your foundation. Is it one that's built on a relationship with Jesus? And is it built on loving Him and loving those around you? It's one of the foundational things I think for this to, for us to live in a season of restoration here this next year. But today, uh, I'm going to get into part two. Uh, if you missed part one, you can check it out online. Uh, but I'm going to get into part two, and uh, the title of part two is "Replace" or is uh, Remove and Replace. Look at your neighbor and say, Remove and Replace. And there's like 20 people here that are too rebellious to look at their neighbor and say, Remove and Replace. And that's okay. That's the kind of church we live in, so go for it. You do you, boo-boo. Uh, hey, let me. as I digress, let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll get into this. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to come together, to connect our hearts to you, uh, and, God, for you to speak into us. And I pray that as we listen to this and as I, as I preach this, this message, God, I pray it wouldn't be the ramblings of uh, a, a man who tried to put something together. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would use me as a tool, to communicate to your church and communicate to your people. I pray that you would put the words in my mouth that I need to say, guide my mind, guide our hearts. God, I pray you take away any type of distraction. And I pray that as we live in the season of restoration, Lord, that you would be at the front of our thoughts and, and where we put our eyes as we follow you. I pray that you would have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Um, last week I brought up, uh, I showed you a picture Uh, of a couple that um, that many of you guys probably know have heard heard before heard about before they're kind of like they've become over the past maybe five ten years like America's like power couple like it's it's the couple like I hope one day I hope you and I are like are like the power like today we're matching we kind of look like a power couple don't we yeah that's great yeah um but Chip and Joanna Gaines, you how many of you guys know Chip and Joanna Gaines? They are on a show called Fixer Upper, right? All the wives are like, Yeah, I know Chip and Joanna. All the husbands are like, Yeah, thanks, Chip and Joanna. Right? Making our honeydew list get bigger and bigger every day. Appreciate you. But they do this fantastic job of uh, of restoring houses, right? Like you see some of the houses that they that they buy or that people buy, uh, and by the way, like, dude, house prices in Texas compared to New Smyrna. I'm like, Wow, like that's—I wish I could find houses that cheap, right? Uh, but they do these fantastic things with these houses that, when you look at them, when the people buy them, you're like, I don't know if I'd want to live there. Things things look a little rough. Things look a little—I'm not sure, you know, how that's going to work out. But when they get into it, when it comes to the restoration of the house, they have a plan. They're prepared. They're ready to restore it the way it should be better than better than new. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to this power couple, both of them have kind of their different skills or strengths, right? Uh, Joanna is, is the definitely the brains in the outfit, right? She's got the plan. She's got the design. It's kind of like me and you, right? You got the plan. Um, and, then, uh, and then Chip is just the beauty, right? I mean, the, the brawn. I'm the beauty, right? No, that's not true at all. Um, but no, Chip is like he's he's the guy. Okay, you got a, you got an idea. I'm I'm gonna get it done. And my favorite part of watching the shows is like when he gets to the part where he like shines, where he the thing that he loves to do. You guys know what that part is? Demo day. Oh my gosh, I never seen a man more happy to have a sledgehammer in his hands than Chip Gaines going into demo day. Right? And it's kind of it's kind of scary because like if. Has anyone done like a remodel project or restoration project on their own house? Like, that's the scariest part of the whole project, right? Because you're at this point, you're like, I've got a sledgehammer in my hands, or I've got a sawzall. I love sawzalls. Sawzalls are the coolest tool ever. Uh, I got a saw, and I'm going to cut out this wall, right? I'm going to take out a knee wall. I'm going to like work, open floor plans, right? That's their big thing. Open, we're going to open everything up. We're going to take four walls out. It's scary because you're like, like there's no turning back on this. There's no, there's no return. Like once we take this out, like we got to see it through. And especially if you've never done it before, there's there's some things that can kind of come up and like cause some fear, cause some confusion. It, there's some anxiety and tension when it comes to removing these things out of the house and preparing for what's next. I think for us uh, in our lives, if we were to use that as an illustration to or to connect, if if our lives are the house, there's many times in our lives where like we have this idea or this thought that we should like remove something or or move something or just take something out, put something different in, and we kind of become afraid. We kind we're, we're kind of comfortable with the way things are, and so we stay we stay where we are. We're afraid to move forward, and ultimately we get into this 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 Mindset of kind of like life hoarders, right? Which that's another show. If there's another show that's like the opposite of Fixer Upper, isn't it? I think it's called Hoarders. Like, don't don't watch that. That'll make you like you won't eat at lunch or whatever. It's kind of gross. But like we kind of become like life hoarders. We're like we have these things in our lives and we're like we're not gonna let that go. We're not gonna you know what it might be good for the. I'm not gonna do it. We're gonna we're not gonna let that go. But I want to challenge you. I think that when it comes to living a life better than new in this season, when it comes to us taking the action and the plan to restore, I think one of the things that we've got to do is we've got to remove some things from our lives. We've got to take, we've got to take some things out that shouldn't be there. Now they're not always bad things. I'm not saying I'm not saying that like we're all living in sin and there's, you know, things and secrets and stuff like that that we got to pull out. For some people that's that's exactly what we got to do. But I think when it comes to living in the life that God has planned for us, this life that's better than new, I think there comes a time in our project where we've got to look and say, "You know what? What needs to come out? What needs to get pulled out? What needs to get replaced?" And so today as we look through this story in the book of Luke, um I hope that we can pull out some truths and see some 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 things, maybe, maybe adjust and address the tension that we have of the things that we need to pull out, the relationships that that we might need to pull out and put away, the the, the habits that we have, the 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 priorities when it comes to our time. Even when it comes to like our employment or our employees, I think it's okay for us to remove, but let's figure out what the tension is let's try to let's try to address that um, you know this past week um, and for the past couple weeks the staff and I we've been going through a Bible study and we're specifically talking about the Holy Spirit but in in this Bible study as uh, as we were going through it we came upon this uh, this story in the book of Luke and I think it works great for what we're going to talk about here today and so if you've got your Bibles out uh, or if you've got a phone pull it out pull open the Bible app uh, if you're still rebellious and you don't want to do that it's gonna be up on the screen that's all right that's what we do it for Um but we're going to be in the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 18. Luke 18, verse 18. Y'all there? You ready? Perfect. Everybody's just going to watch your screen. Here we go. Uh, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, now real quick, uh, in that first sentence, I want you to, uh, I want you to catch on to who uh, is talking here. Uh, in this NLT version, it says it was a religious leader. In other versions, it says it was a successful ruler. It was a rich, young ruler. Um, and, and they kind of go back and forth a little bit. But the things that, that we're connecting to is this is someone who is wise. They would have known the law inside and out. They would have known the commandments of God. Uh, and they were successful. They were, they were rich. And in those days, that, that, well, I'll get into that here in a minute. So he says, he says, good teacher, what should I do to inherit life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was even young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this he became very sad, for he was very rich. Here's some of these things I need, I want to break down for you in this. This man, this the successful man that, that knew the law, uh, many people he would have had influence in his community, and where he lives. He would have been highly respected, not just because, not, not just because of, of the, the wealth that he amassed, but because in those days it was, it was believed that if you were blessed, if you were successful, it was tied directly to because of your obedience in God, because, because you were favored, because God, God had created it because you had done uh, X, Y, and Z. We know today that that's, that's not the only way that people uh, amass wealth or that people become success, successful. But he would have had influence from it. This would have been his success. Would have been his identity. And here Jesus, Jesus comes in. And he says, "You know what? I want you to remove that. I want you, I want you to take this part of your life. I want you to take the 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 safety of your finances. I want you to take the comfort of of your home and the things that you have and the things that you've accumulated." I want you to take your influence and your identity and I want you to sell it all. I want you to remove it all and I want you to give it away. That that that's a that's a pretty big ask. That's a huge ask, right? Sell everything. Take it all away. But Jesus he doesn't say just do it because I say. He does it because he 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 communicates to me. He's like, I've I've got something better. And so what Jesus says after this, he says, follow me. Now, this wasn't like figuratively. This wasn't like, you know, follow me on Twitch or, or Snapchat or anything like that, right? He wasn't saying like, keep you know, in contact with me later on. Here's my email. No, he was saying the same follow me, the same type of thing, like what he said to Peter and the other disciples, and so we see Jesus call these twelve guys to follow him and do life with him and experience these miracles. And these are the people that are going to go and continue on to build the church. And Jesus stops and he tells this man, "If you will remove this aspect of your life, I'm going to give you something better." But the man didn't follow him. Said so the man became sad. I think there's a couple reasons that we can, that, that we're going to talk about in this story that relate to us and, and why we have tension in removing things from our life and, and why we have tension in stepping out in faith and following Jesus. I, th- I think it comes down to, to two things. I think it comes down to comfort. I think it comes down to Fear. Two things: comfort and fear. You know, um, today I, I, normally I end at the end of my uh, end of my sermon with like something like, "Hey, this applies to one of two or three types of people." But but this morning I want you to think about this about this now. This message is not meant to to necessarily convict anyone. If if, if you are convicted by it, please know that's not my heart. That if you're convicted, maybe it might be the Holy Spirit saying, "Hey, there's some there's some things I need to I, I need I need you to allow me to remove out of you." And, and if you're feeling conviction, that's that's okay. We talked last week. Shame shame is not okay. Shame, if it's something that that you've already addressed with God, you know, if we're talking about something in your past, please put that outside of your mind. Stay stay focused on where we're headed. But I I think it's either we're at a point where there's Holy Spirit's feeling conviction that we're supposed to remove something or that we're being challenged towards God's calling, and allow that to happen, we've got to remove something. Both are very good things. So if if you're one of those two people, uh, you're in the right place for today. And I think when it comes to both of those things, what keeps us from removing, what keeps us from having demo day in these areas of our life is comfort and fear. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do not conform to the pattern. What Paul's saying here is he's saying, hey, don't be comfortable. Your your goal for life is not to to find comfort in what God has called you to. And, And many times I would tell you this. The calling of Jesus on your life is uncomfortable to, to step in and, and address the conviction that the Holy Spirit has in, has in you for, for, for sin that you have in your life, that's uncomfortable. But I know that if you'll step out of comfort and into the calling, life is gonna be a whole lot better. It's part of the reason why uh, I surround people, sur- surround our, our staff with the people that we do. You know, we've got a couple families uh, in our in our staff. The Hilliards, which you met Rick earlier. His wife is is also the kid's pastor, Emily. Uh, and then uh, Elizabeth and Dave. Dave's running a computer in the back uh, and doing the lyrics and stuff. And then Elizabeth runs all of our connection and community stuff, circle groups. But both of these families at different times uh, came to me, even and before they were on staff, they came to me and said, hey, Brian, we believe that God is calling us out of what's comfortable and into something else. And at different times in our lives, separate from one another, uh, they, they sold all of their possessions. They sold their houses. They sold their cars. They sold their businesses. And they went to different parts of the world to start telling people about Jesus. Their lives were incredibly changed for the better. I'm gonna tell you on, on both of them, but I cannot imagine the the fear of of selling everything you have, all the possessions, and going to a different part of the world to tell people about Jesus. You want to talk about something that that's that's uncomfortable? Some of us have got to remember back many years ago. But how many of you guys remember going to like school, high school for the first time, first day of high school? You got a little bit of tension with that, right? You probably you know maybe you showed up with your trapper keeper and your big you know red rim glasses, your tucked in t-shirt. That was me, I looked like an idiot. (laughs) Jinko pants. You remember Jinko anybody remember Jinko's? Oh man. Kind of went the opposite way of Jinko's now, huh? Skinny jeans, Jinko's. But you remember feeling like the tension of like this is this is uncomfortable. Both these families that chose God's calling over their comfort. And because of it, their lives are changed forever. They're better today because of it. Our world is better. Our church is better today because two families just calling over comfort. I, I wish this man, it would have been so cool if this man would have chose the calling of Jesus over the comfort that he had. He, he didn't know what was in store for him. I, I'm sad for him now. I, I don't want you to be sad for you. Today, I think we have an opportunity to choose comfort or calling, and I'm going to tell you that every time you choose calling, it's going to be better. Life is going to be better. You have an opportunity to experience life restored if you choose to follow God's calling. It can be scary. We could talk about fear in a minute. You might not not have a plan yet, but I'm telling you, life is better. So comfort is one of the things that can keep us from what God's plan is for us. The second thing is fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this. says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Paul says three very powerful things. He says, God's, God's given you a spirit of power. He's given you a spirit of love. And he's given you a spirit of self-discipline. These are the tools that God's given you for what's coming next. Spirit of fear is not one of them. And so many times I would tell you this, if you feel afraid for what's next, you feel afraid to, to remove that thing out of your life, you're afraid, you feel afraid because you don't know what the, the next steps are, you don't know how the room's gonna turn out, you don't know how your life's gonna adjust. Why don't you tell that spirit of fear, hey, that's not, you're not, this is not God. You're not God. You're, some, you're something else. God's told me, I've got a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. I'm going to choose to live in the calling. I'm not going to live in fear, amen. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says this says don't worry about anything. Man, there's a whole lot to worry about in this world right now, right? Whole lot to worry about. Paul says don't worry about any of it. He said instead, so here's the option, rather than being stuck in fear and worry and anxiety, He says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds everything you we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When it comes to fear of removing what God's telling you to remove out of your life, when he's telling you to shift into something else, I want you to, face your fear and put faith first two things you need to remember your comfort does not compare to your calling and face your fears put faith first if you do those two things on demo day of your life I promise you life will be better you have an opportunity to become better than new Today, at some point, um, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit challenges you or charges you or calls you on removing whatever that you need to remove. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's, uh, may, maybe it's time management, the, things, the priorities in your life. Maybe it's a job that you're currently in or maybe it's some people that you're connected to. Maybe it's a financial removal of something. I, I don't know what it is, and it's probably for each and every one of us. It's different. But I think when it comes to removing that, I, I think there's also an opportunity where God wants to replace something. He wants to He wants to replace it with something good. I want to give you a couple of items, a couple of things that might help you out when it comes to replacing the things that you remove when it comes to relationships, um, I want to give you some freedom you know what there we, we live in a world where spe- specifically today and this isn't political okay this, please don't take this if, this if you think this is me talking about politics I'm not uh, but we just experienced a time when where're literally like uh, tech companies and, and apps like removed the President of the United States from their ability to, to use their app. And we're not going to get into regardless they're right or wrong or anything like that. That's whatever you want to believe. We'll, we can talk later in private. But these guys found the power and said, you know what, it's okay for us to remove this from our life. Why is it not okay for you to remove stuff from your life? You don't, you don't have to hold on to everything, including some people in relationships that you have. You know, there's some people that might be in your life, they're not allowing you to live the best life you have right now. And just because you remove them doesn't mean that you don't love them. You said, well, Brian, God said we're supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Yeah, we are supposed to love our neighbors. But you don't have to be connected to everybody, especially if they're not helping you live into the calling of Christ. So sometimes, some people that you have, you need to remove them from your life. And that's okay. Do not look at your husband or wife right now. That's not what we're talking about. We'll talk about that later. Some people, can, can I just be honest with you? Some people, you're in a relationship, you got a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. This is not call, trade, trying to cause tension. But maybe, maybe there needs to be some removal of that. You've got some friends. Man, these are best friends. People, They might be dragging you down. Might be time to remove. But I don't think you're supposed to do life alone. And so when it comes to relationships, man, we believe here at Coastline that we're supposed to connect with God. We're also supposed to connect with one another. And so we give an opportunity for people to continue to build relationships and build connections with other like-minded Christian people that are also uh, living the call of Jesus to follow him. We call these groups circle groups. And I think we might have, if not Dave's searching really hard for a graphic, says circle groups. It's gonna be up any second, I promise you. It's not Dave's fault, it's my fault, because I don't think I told him I was going to do this. But if you are interested in joining a circle group, being connected with other people, Dave, you're the man. You can text the word GROW to 386-200-9818. This does not sign you up for a sweepstakes. We do not sell your information to anybody. This is literally going to Elizabeth, and she's going to text you back and say, hey, let me tell you about some groups. You can text it right now. We're a tech-friendly church. You're online. You can text it. we got online groups that are meeting. They're doing Zoom meetings every day of the week. Well, we're doing circle groups every day of the week. I don't know if we have a Zoom meeting every day of the week. You want to start a group that does every day of the week? We'll talk about that. Habits. Some of us need to remove some habits from our lives, but you need to replace that time, you need to replace that habit with something good. A couple of good habits that I can suggest is reading of the word. There's a fantastic app on your phone, or that you can put on your phone, called the Bible app. Boom, Dave, look, nope, almost. Um, (laughs) Keep that up there, Dave. Okay, there we go. You can go to coastlinesbcom forward slash Bible. You can see all the scriptures that we talked about here this week. But also you have an opportunity to download an app where there's tons and tons and tons of reading material and and scripture uh, uh, calendars and stuff like that that you can follow throughout the year. You want to change some habits in your life, man, replace it with a good habit. Uh, right now, media, uh, which is what Dave up there had up there before, if you text the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, if you text the word GIFT to that number 386-200-9818, this is a service that the church, Coastline Church, pays for uh, annually. It's not cheap, it's, but it is like the Netflix of video online Bible studies. Like any big preacher you can think of uh, is on there. Fan- they're fantastically done. They're produced. Uh, you know, it's like TJ did every Bible study we ever had or something like that. Um, but it's it really is fantastic. Free Netflix account. We're giving it to you. You don't I'm not going to pay you. Any, they're not going to ask for a credit card. They're not going to do anything. All you got to do is text the word gift to three eight six two hundred nine eight one eight and you can download it for free. It's a free app. Eric and I have it on our television. We watch it regularly. It's fantastic. If When it comes to finances, if there's some things that you need to remove out of your life, some people are thinking, like, man, I got about you know, $15,000, $20,000, $200,000 in debt I need to remove out of my life right now, and I'm going to tell you, hey, God can do it. I've seen it happen. We've got a fantastic tool in Financial Peace University It's going on right now, every Thursday night at 630. That's one of our circle groups. You can sign up for it. It's real easy. The people leading it, I trust completely. They are fantastic. You know, I joked about marriages earlier, but there's some people that you're seriously considering removing yourself from your marriage, from your relationship. I want to challenge you that before you even think another thought about that, to start receiving some Christian counseling, some good professional Christian counseling. Coastline supports an organization called Open Doors Counseling Network. They have counseling centers in New Smyrna Beach. They have counseling centers in Port Orange and in Daytona. And that's it. Thanks, Erica. They're all over. Counseling is done at that that is whatever's affordable to you. It's on a sliding scale. It's worth doing. It's valuable. Can I tell you something? Can I be real transparent? Your pastor and his wife, guess where we go? We go to counseling, marriage counseling. You know why? Because we ain't got it all together. I made a joke a couple weeks back. I said, Eric and I don't have a great relationship. I meant to say we don't have a perfect relationship, but what I said was we don't have a great relationship. So now we go to marriage counseling to get a great relationship. <laughs> we on it. Sometimes the things that you need to remove, you need to think, you know what, there's, there needs to be something replaced with it. So when it comes to marriages, many of you guys, you're, you're hearing wisdom, from your girlfriends or from your salon lady cutting your hair or from whoever's on TV these days. I don't even know who that is. And dear Jesus, we need help. Maybe you need to remove your wise counsel and go to talk to somebody who actually has an education and deals with this a whole lot. This is a this is side, side note. that has nothing to do with the sermon. Okay, I'll get back to the sermon in a second. If your marriages are dealing with a problem, or if you're dealing with a problem in your marriage, there's a chance you're not the only one in this community with a marriage that's dealing with that. And a lot of those issues that you're dealing with, there's a way out of it. There's a way to deal with it. Why not go talk to someone who knows the path out of it? Back into the sermon. Ultimately, when it comes to our church, when it comes to your family, when it comes to your life, when it comes to this next season that we're in, I don't want to experience a new season. I want to experience something that's better, new, better than new. I want the Holy Spirit to come in this year to Coastline Church into your family, into your life, and restore. Restore you better than new. But today, you might be getting called or convicted to remove something. I want to challenge you to do it. Because, because what the, the fear that you have is that you don't know if it's going to work out. But if Jesus if Jesus calls you to it, it's going to be better. Because your calling doesn't compare to your comfort. I wish the end of the story of the the rich young ruler came with him selling everything and him following Jesus and him seeing Jesus feed the 5000 and raise people from the dead. Him see Jesus walk on the seashore after he'd been nailed to a cross for him to go out and continue to tell people about Jesus and to further the kingdom. That, that's what I wish it was about. But it wasn't because he didn't accept the call to follow him. And so this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here today, I want to challenge you to accept the call to follow Jesus. Only you know if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of something you need to remove or if the Holy Spirit is is challenging you and calling you to take your next step and to remove something. With whatever it is, today is the defining moment. Today is the day in which I believe that Jesus is telling us, will you remove that and come follow me? So no one looking around I'm not going to look around. If you would say, "Jesus," I choose to follow you today. If that's you, I just want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. Yes. I'm going to give you a couple more seconds, because here's the thing. The reason why I ask you to do that is not it, I understand it's uncomfortable. It's not to draw attention to yourself, but there's something about you raising a hand up and stepping out of what is comfortable, this this action that really shows the connection to accepting the calling. So I'm going to give you three more seconds. One, two, three. Jesus, you've seen the hands that have gone up. You know all of us, and in our individual lives, the things that we need to remove, the things that we need to replace. God, I pray that in this moment, even right now, God, that you would, that your Holy Spirit would speak clearly to people, that they would understand and see the thing that they need to remove, and they would accept the calling to replace it with what you have and what you want for them. I thank you so much for what you're going to do and for the season that we're going to live in. that's better than new, the season of Restore have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.